Welcome to the Expats in Dubai show, your home for deeper news, behind the scenes and real life stories. Hey everyone, it's Amber Wahid and welcome to the Expats in Dubai show. Being a real estate agent in Dubai looks like a very lucrative job. As property prices soar, so do commissions, meaning working in property can pay some of the highest salaries around. And not forgetting the agents look fabulous. They look like they've just stepped out from a photo shoot. However, it's not all bling bling. Today, we have a very special guest who has a story to tell us. It's a story that has affected a lot of people employed by real estate companies. Kathleen Pennell and her husband, Jeff, had a dream of coming to Dubai and having an international life. Spotting the fresh meat, a couple of Dubai realtors welcomed the couple with the traditional introductory fraudulent adventure. <laughs> That's quite the yeah, great way of, of naming it, yes. No one gets a pass, Kathleen. No. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Nice to have you. We generally have very little patience and sympathy with anyone working in real estate because of the numerous stories of people being ripped off and so forth. And here you have a story where we actually get to hear about the internal workings of some of these real estate companies and the need to be vigilant when considering joining any of them, as you discovered. And it was to become quite an experience for both of you. I'll let you take on the story from here, starting from what brought you and your husband to Dubai. Yes, what brought uh, yeah, Kathleen and uh, my husband to Dubai. Um, in Belgium, uh, in Europe, I'm uh, a very well-established HR professional and I'm also known as the lady behind uh, some top culinary chefs uh, the, who have a Michelin star. And I worked already for more than 10 years with these chefs. And I said to my husband, I want to do a last move in my career and I want to work more internationally, but I want to stop actually the travel because I travel myself to China, to Mexico, to India, to the chefs I work with. Amazing. So, yeah, it's, it's really a, a fantastic journey. But I thought, I want to find a place where this beach, because I'm a beach girl, because I always lived in Belgium at the coast, um, it needs to be a metropolitan vibe. Um, and of course, I want to earn some, some good money. Um, so I set my, my lawyers um, working out because I'm married with a, with a Brit. Uh, Jeff is, has the British nationality. So um, to look at all our options, because it's not just uh, we, we, are, we are a family, uh, we have three children. This, the, the solicitor said, Kathleen, the best option for us looks Dubai. <laughs> uh, okay, Dubai. Uh, my husband was um, in transport, been more than 30 years in transport, had his own transport company. The question came, what am I going to do? Because it seems to be, Kathleen, that um, driving a truck seems not to be for me here. <laughs> I don't see people like me that doing this here. And we started to discussion things. And it was very clear that there was a lot of respect for the British nationals here. That's something I discovered very, very quick. A British passport uh, seems to be very good here. And um, they said, well, Mr. Jeff, uh, uh, we're not going to give you uh, a truck license. You can get your license to drive a car about and, uh, <laughs> and uh, think of doing something you really fancied. And Jeff seemed to be uh, taking a great interest in the, in the real estate market. Out of all the possibilities, he hit on real estate. Yeah. So what normal people do in this day and age is like looking online. And we saw 
always the same people passing by, um, uh, big agencies passing by. Um, so he applied for all of them and all of a sudden he got uh, an offer of one of the companies. Um, he got a job offer. What kind of company offered him the job? Young young British lads that were here ready for a couple of years that worked for the big real estate agencies so saw the, 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 the tips and the tricks and they he was comfortable because for the first time in years he's, he's working back with British people, uh, with British owners and he thought this might be a win-win. They're going to train me how I need to do real estate and I can help them with building out the company. Huh? Okay, so he's got the offer letter and now obviously starts the application, the, the, the housekeeping part. Yes. So what, what happened? So yeah, the offer comes in. We, we've done our contract, our tenancy contract. So we could uh, live here. We booked the flights to come back. School was all sorted. And we knew, we took the choice that Jeff um, has the visa. Uh, that's the main one. He's the guy that works here and has a contract. And the daughter goes he's to school. So it's called here then being a sponsor. Um, and the sponsor of Jeff is then, of course, his company. When your company, uh, when, you, uh, when you come to work here, you must have a visa. So then um, after a month or so, what happened when the visa didn't materialize? Well, the thing was, after a month, um, Jeff seemed to be successful, had, um, yeah, did cold calls, he did 100 cold calls a day, uh, started getting in training. Jeff said, by the way, you've started my application yet? Yeah, yeah, we're going to start your application. Jeff said, I don't think so, because I've seen nothing, I've signed nothing, I have not to do anything, so I want you to start my application because I'm here, I'm a month here. And all of a sudden they said, you know what, we, um, we're going to start the application, but we're going to deduct um, from your first sale, we're going to deduct the cost of your visa. And for me at that time, you have a daughter that's in school, we announced in school that, uh, that, that the father is working at agency A, that they're going to do the application, um, but that they haven't started it yet. And they said, look, be very aware, it's not how so it the, works. So the, the school is waiting for the visa? Yeah, because uh, everything is very regulated. Our daughter goes to a private school, uh, you have... Um, the government is in the school uh, who checks and, and, and yeah, follows up on yeah, all the children, what's normal. So, and it's there where I got the first hint, like, hmm, you should have had already the application started. And because that did not match up with what the government said, because I truly believe um, the government here has a good system. It's all automated as well. The minute you do something or get in touch with the government, you get it on your phone. Mm. So nothing was happening. So Jeff said, look, to, to the company owner, I know you have not started it. What is the problem? Uh, well, you have to pay your visa yourself then. Okay. When he got the offer letter, did they say they were going to do the visa? Yes, absolutely. So you took the decision to pay for the visa yourself? Yes. So I said to Jeff, go there, ask uh, for an invoice. Ask them to make a proper invoice and it must quote... Visa application, Jeff Faulkner, visa application, Zoe Faulkner. And you know what? The secretary did that. And because she did that, I could use that document. I used it as an official document and I transferred that money officially from my company. So I paid the visa. So I had a trace that we paid it. It's not been cash paid. So I had a trace. It was officially paid and there was a visa. They ordered us actually to pay it. So we go ahead. But then the next hurdle started after three weeks, still nothing happening. So Jeff again to, to his boss, he said, you have not started my application. And you know, he turned around and said, we never received your money. I said, um, I'll send you the proof of money. So we sent the proof of money. And then Jeff said, look, who 
who does the application for your company? Who who is your PRO? And he's been there, and he said, "Look, I'm uh, I'm working for company A. Uh, we paid this, and you should do my application. Why have you not started yet?" And they clearly said, "We never received the money from company A." So wait a minute, and just you're going to call owner A, and you're going to say to owner A that he's going to transfer this now. So they immediately transferred that money to the PRO services, and they started that process. So now the visa application is in yeah. process. Now Jeff got a sale. Yeah, he got a sale. And what happens, of course, because you have no visa, you have not a visa number, so you cannot have a RERA card. A established real estate agent has a RERA card with a number that registers. So Jeff does this deal, has an offer, but um, yeah, owner A had to put his name on it because he's a representative of that company. So Right, so everyone's name is on the MOU except Jeff because he hasn't got an official RERA card because yes. his visa is still in process. Okay, okay, so at the sale point, there was some breakdown in the relationship between the buyer, the seller, and the owners who were meant to be uh, making this whole deal happen. And there's a complaint to DED against yeah, the owners. Absolutely. And what, what happened is the minute there's a complaint there, so um, your company gets under investigation. It's pretty clear that... From the, DED? The, yes. I wish they investigated my complaints yeah, this they, thoroughly. They did do it. I don't know why, but they were immediately on the case. And because... Maybe they've got quite a few complaints. Yes, and that's something we don't know. Um, but because there was, of course, that official complaint, Mr. A used that against Jeff to say, I don't need to pay your commission because you made a mistake in your sale. Oh, ouch. Ouch. So Jeff said, come on. He said, I've done everything. I'm, I'm here six weeks. Um, I paid already for my own visa. Um, thanks to our Emirati friends, uh, we, we did not have to pay the fines because we had overstay fines. Uh, because they have not paid on time the visa and started the process on time. So, um, and I'm going to take my commission. Can I have those Emirati friends' numbers, please? (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, come on, this is not happening to me. And then um, me being me as um, HR specialist, I said to Jeff, wait a minute, we're going to make a timeline. Um, I started hearing some other things. I said, we make a timeline see what really happened to you, where we've gone wrong, have we gone wrong, and I'm going to discuss it with locals. That's a great idea, because at this point, you have paid your own visa, and they've stuffed you with the commission. Yes. And we started noticing in the office, because I'm I'm not busy with what my husband does all day in the office and his colleagues, but he started saying, yeah, this one and this one uh, arrived in October, and actually they also don't have their visa. This one and this one, uh, the minute they've done a deal, the day later, you don't see them anymore. And it turned out, <laughs> it turned out, it sounded to me, a system. I said, wait a minute, a system. That that really attracted my attention. And it was uh, my, my my local Emirati friend said, look, go on the Mohre website. And there you can actually find um, all the contracts that are registered. Uh, your, your, uh, it's for employment. It's for people that are employed here companies um, that employ people it's actually like a moderating website where you can find back if your documents are right if you have a complaint against your company so we went on that website an awful lot of information and then on basis of having your um, visa number you have your residence card you can tap that in and you can see everything that's linked to you on your professional level on your contract so I went on to the market to find out um, if everything from our side, as an employee from Jeff's side, if it was correct, if everything was correctly registered, if his 
offer letter was there, um, if his contract was registered, um, if his visa is correctly registered, because it was clear after speaking to the owner, um, owner A, it was very clear he did not want to pay us. And uh, Jeff said, look, I'm going to hand in my notice uh, because I don't want to work for you a lot uh, in that way. Um, and you owe me this money. You owe me my visa. You owe me my commission. Um, because we also saw uh, some clients coming in saying, wait a minute, um, we rented out a property with your company and we never received the money. So my husband thought, they are really not doing the right thing here. Mm. So I'm going to start at least the case because he's not going to pay me. He's going he's gonna to go averse to me. So I don't care. But my mission is I'm going to make a statement and we're going to start this process. Okay. The next step is that you then got in touch with the sponsor. Yes. And the guy was really unaware. He was unaware. But what I could see online, because you have, of course, Instagram and uh, Facebook and everybody likes to have all these Instagrammable pictures and stories. I could see that they actually used the sponsor's name to attract some more people, to rip some more people off. And I honestly, um, I reached out because I first... I do respect uh, culture and I do respect the people are here, but I went through my Emirati people like, would it be all right if I can approach this person direct? Because I really think he gets used and things are going wrong in the company and he needs to be aware of that because surely to God, you don't want to be linked with somebody like that. So we managed to do that and it, it didn't took a day and the license was gone. So now the company is without a license, but they're yeah. still operating. They were still operating. So the license were gone. They were still operating. They operated more than a month without a license. And then... How is that even possible? With DED, you said, were investigating. And how yeah. is that... How? They were they were investigating. And there were many complaints against them. Uh, by that time, by that time that we were... Um, that they were without a license, they said they would have a new sponsor. And they said, oh, the new sponsor will adhere to it. So they kind of... They knew the system, they knew the system in and out, and they could sell themselves very well. So at this point, they're, they're in the company, you started the court proceedings. So take us through the court process then. When you have the court process, as you go to the Mohri site, you say, I want to make this complaint, I want my money back. They first start 10 days of negotiation before you can actually go to the court. Right. If you don't have an agreement in these 10 days, they really moderate it uh, and they follow that very well up and you get really updates and you have to get together in the room or you have to get together online uh, with the moderator to get to a conclusion or a solution. We knew it would be no, so and it was no. They were not prepared to pay you the 34000 of the visa and the commission at this point? Correct. Okay. Wow. They were not prepared to pay that, but they were prepared to go to court? Yes. And then I thought, hmm, they are prepared to go to court. So who sits behind that then? Because I felt really confident. Um, I discussed it here with lawyers. The first process what I would do myself because you have to load up. They just check. They check if you've done your applications right. And the first thing that was not right, and that's something that I did not know, and many people don't know that when you have an offer letter to start, that offer letter needs to be officially registered with the Mohre. And that was his offer letter was never registered with the Mohre. So that was already the first thing. So what was the knock-on effect on you because of that slip-up? Oh, on my case, was uh, it was very clear that you had to um, make it clear that you didn't have the offer letter. And for them, that was, ah, that's a fine. For them, it's, ah, 
one thing not right in your file. And but then, there, there was no uh, knock-on effect on you? No, absolutely okay. not. Because it's uh, their responsibility. It's their responsibility. And that was very clear that they, they always said, when you are an employer, you have to adhere. And you know, you must know as an employer what you have to adhere to. So you get a fine if the offer letter is not registered. How much is the fine? I think it was about a, a thousand or a five thousand dirham. I don't know it anymore, but that was already the first fine. I said to Jeff, he's going to get already a fine for that. So he's going to wish that he would have paid your visa back. I'm beginning to understand where Dubai gets all his money from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, was for, yeah, yeah, for everything <laughs> we've done. I think that's, that's a good good one you say because yes, indeed, you get a fine for everything. So no offer letter. Punk. That was that. Um, the the employee had to pay his visa. Punk. Fifty thousand. Um, so it all added up, and it was clear that the first part we would we would win. But the tricky situation, I was clearly convinced we would win about the commission. Mm. and we spoke to several people and they said yeah it will be okay because you can prove and we had a declaration of the other agent that was also involved you can prove you've done it and um, when we came out of court the decision was clear that um, all the costs that were, were accrued because of this situation needed to be paid back the visa needed to be paid back but uh, not the commission so in, in your judgment it actually said they, they have to pay you the 9,000 visa but and actually, the cost and yeah. this, but there was nothing to be seen about the commission. I thought, did they overseen that? So we went back um, to um, to Amer to say, hey, what 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 happened? Amer is um, yeah, as a service center where they help uh, employees, and they said, oh, he can go to high court. I thought, high court, okay, court of appeal, okay. Again, money you have to pay to do the application. You have to get everything translated in Arabic. So we had like a whole bunch of paperwork translated in Arabic. So um, we've done all that. We've gone through all the effort. And um, Jeff was very pleased. Okay, it cost us money, but the judge was very, very clear. And he said, I'm awfully sorry. I know you should have been paid. But he said, if you look at your paperwork, I can see you've done the deal. I can see that, I can truly see that, but in the law, when you do your MOU, your name needs to be on it and you must have a real record and your number on it. So the commission is for the company owner. What was the judge's position on cancelling the visa? The judge was very clear. He said, look, the visa must be cancelled. Um, so it was ordered. Eh? There was a judge order. Everything was ordered. Yes. Did you get a fine for paying for the visa yourself? No. We got penalised for nothing. I really found that they were very understanding. They were very um, helping us out and trying to explain to us how this actually works. Because they were very clear this is not how they want to be pictured. They, they said, we, we want all this. And I also honestly think they still learn from some cases. Now, it gets tricky because the person that's going to cancel your visa at this point is in jail. Is in jail. And that's where we got really into trouble, into trouble paperwork-wise. You need an NOC. And this guy certainly cannot provide the NOC. So it's very clear your visa cannot be cancelled and you can't work. You cannot go to another company and say, hey, um, my old boss, um, he's in jail because he's done this and this and this and I want to work. But they say, yeah, but we can't get your visa. We cannot transfer your visa. We cannot do. So but if, if the company has dissolved at this point, it has, right? It was still ongoing. The company was you still know, It was officially not fully dissolved. It had no license. It was not operating. But the person, the company owner, uh, person A, still need to sign. 
You still need to find that guy to sign your document. It doesn't matter. That's crazy. It is crazy. And I never thought it would be that bad. How did you get it cancelled? How he got it cancelled is through really through the help of his new company. We still managed to cancel the visa. You still managed to cancel the visa without the owner's signature yes. or approval? Yes. Yes. Okay, so it can be done. That's good. It to can know. be done, but it's a tough process. You have to go every other day to Amer. Um, you have to sign this document now, then you have to go back and another document. Uh, and when it finally, when everything um, got cancelled, then you have to restart uh, your process again of a new visa. Um, so it took, but it took a whole month. If if I can suggest something to 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 government, if if an employer loses a case and been found wrong, they should automatically cancel it and say, you know what, uh, we do an NOC by default because you've been fined in the court. That will make an awful lot of people's process easier. I think that's just common sense though, isn't it? It's common sense, but it's something that's not happening at the moment. And then later, ironically, you actually, you learned that these two owners, they had a history in England yes. and they had also fled from there. And they were fired from a big company in Dubai for doing fraud there. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's amazing that I think it's just Dubai giving the chance for everybody to do things or to do business. Uh, but these lads are really truly, truly know how the system works. Um, and it's difficult. I think they just hunted for people. And where are they now? It only took all of a sudden, I don't know where it took a turn, but they like to go out and and I said karma will touch them. But because they had all these fines against them, because DD did find them, they had a fine of 50,000 and another 100,000. It caught up to 750,000 uh, dirham fines. From DED? From DED and also from the Mohre because of they were doing other people were also making the complaints uh, that started um, hitting on. And they went out on a drunken night. Um, I'm surprised they haven't left the country by this point. They can't. $700,000. Yeah. yeah. They, what happened on that night, so there were two company owners. Uh, one company owner that was never registered officially on paper got himself into trouble uh, by being drunk and not doing the right things. And he got in a fight and the police came down. Um, because the police came down, they arrested him immediately. And there was somebody else on the scene that said, look, these are the people of that. They're doing that. And they just kept in. And his other company owner, the one that's officially on all the papers, tried to run away. So owner B went into jail. O owner B went into jail because of the because fight. Of, because of the fight and nothing to do with what was going on in the company. And owner A, A wanted to flee the company, the country, because he knew now everything would come out. Okay, but when you say he... Did he go to the airport and he yes. was stopped? Yes, he was okay. stopped. He was stopped because there all the alarm bells went off. Eh? With your passport, with your visa, everything went off and he got arrested there. And then really, it really took fast turns then. So, so at this point, they're both in jail? They were both in jail. One got out after a month um, because of regulations of what they've done because he had nothing to do with the company. The other one had to stay in jail. And they had to, uh, he stayed there until somebody could bail him out. His family of the UK had to bail him out. But in the meantime, the company, no license, company did not exist anymore. Um, and there's an awful lot of people that were left with, yeah, being robbed of their money and they still have not got paid. Because I was, if it's something that, that in, in the back of it all, they do have regulations here in Dubai and they can follow up. But then, of course, if the fine gets paid to the government, it does not mean that all the victims are paid. 
So you're on a mission, Kathleen, to um, share your story to help people. So what are the key takeaways that people need to know when joining a real estate company? When joining a real estate company, make sure that you have, when you offer letter, that you can find your offer letter back on the Mohri website. Make sure you never pay one penny towards your own visa. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure that you can have your education academy training to have your RERA card. Make sure when you do uh, sell something that you are on the paperwork with your RERA card, with your number that you are on the MOU, so you've done the deal, so you can be paid for it. Perfect. Excellent advice. And I'm so glad that you you fought back with any person um, who acts fraudulently. They will keep doing it and they'll keep doing it and they can do it for years. But there'll come a point where there's just one person that fights back. Yes. And for real estate in this particular case, it was you. Yes, it was me. And I'm happy I've done it. I was said to owner A, oh, you don't know who you're dealing with and I'm going to make sure you never forget me. And afterwards, I heard from the HR manager that worked there. He said he was really shocked by you. So he knew the story was ending for him. You know, I couldn't have said it better myself. Kathleen, thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. What an amazing woman. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Expats in Dubai. We are back next week as we continue focusing on the expat journey in Dubai. Take care and see you soon.